welcome in to another episode of Small Town Faith Talks. We are in the studio today. It's myself, Walter Hobbins, and Miss Jamie Lindsay. Howdy, Jamie. Hello. And uh, yeah, we're excited to sit down with Jamie. I've uh, been a church member here for what, about eight years? Um, maybe five. Five years? Okay. So been a church member about five years and uh, just want to sit down with her today and hear some of her story. And so uh, let's jump in. All right, Jamie, well, why don't we come right out of the gate and let's just start with you talking a little bit about your connection to North Zulch and maybe that starts by going way back. How did you get here? What did you, did you grow up here? Is your family from here? What is your connection to this area? So I'm going to have to go way back to get to how we ended up here. I did not grow up in North Zulch. My husband has lived in North Zulch since he was 18. Um... I, him and I actually met when I was working in Conroe as a hairstylist. He was at a rodeo with a couple of his friends and they were leaving the rodeo. They were trying to get a hold of me and I was not answering the phone call. And all of a sudden I just had knocks on my door at my apartment. Uh And so (laughs) I was already trying to go to bed. Anyway, they came in and Darren was with two of my friends and they were wanting me to go to Papa's on the Lake. So I ended up just, you know, getting back dressed and we ended up going to, I ended up going with them to Papa's on the Lake and that was actually, um, September 26, 2009. So that was the first day we met. And so we've been together pretty much until then, or since then, I should say. Um, I stayed in Conroe for three more years. He lived in North Zulch. He worked in Navasota there for a while. Once I ended up getting um, getting transferred to Huntsville as the the main manager there. I worked there probably for a year or so, and then I ended up pregnant with Truett. Hmm. Um, so I just dropped everything when I was found out I was pregnant with Truett. I wanted to make sure that I had that baby. Mm-hmm. So and. I ended up moving into his house in North Zulch. And so we lived there until true. It was two years old. Um, we moved to our own home in 2015 and that's where we still live today. So talking about true, it true. It's your son. Yes. And, uh, how old is true? True. It is 10, 10 years old. Okay. Yes. Now, uh, I know just in some of our conversations, you have talked a lot about, Truett being a source of God using him and his life to really alter and change your life path. Absolutely. Um, you talked about, you know, a lot of your life before that point, but tell us a little bit, what does that, what does that look like? How did, how did Truett and the, the, uh, news of you're going to have a baby boy alter your life? I have had a miscarriage in my past hmm. and I was not, really sure that, you know, I was in my thirties and I wasn't sure that that was going to happen to me again. And I just knew that I was going to drop everything. If I had to sit at my mother's house or, you know, move in with Darren. I mean, this is the very beginning before we decided that I was moving up here. Um, we had decided, or I had decided I was going to sit on my hind end until, I had that baby. There was nothing else in my life at that exact moment more than having 
my child. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I quit smoking that day. I was not, you know, running around or anything. I had decided, baby, number one, more important. Yeah. And him and I decided, I mean, that moment we were done. We were we were having this baby. Mm-hmm. You know, I immediately pretty much moved in to Norzulch, you know, my mother was very understanding. She's like, do whatever you need to. We're going to need this. We're going to have this baby. So. <laughs> so that's cool. So you've been in North Zulch about 10 years then officially. Yes. Uh, and around the, exposed to the community for uh, quite a while before yes. that. But all right. So, you know, and just in our conversations, uh, you know, you've got a, you've got a fantastic story. There's, there's so many things about your story that just were, are very intriguing, but I want you to uh, just give us an insight a little bit on you know what's happened since Truett's birth, and I know you've had some health struggles and issues through the years, um, and how you have now faced those battles in light of your relationship with the Lord. So Truett is Darren and I's both lifesavers. I mean, mm. we are two completely different person the people that we used to be. Um, and I will say, even after I had Truett, like I was still kind of an angry person. Like I was just mood swings and I was just, don't mess with me. You know, I will come at you. And, um, before I had Truett, I had the dirtiest mouth. Mm -hmm. I mean, every other word and the big one, you know, Mm -hmm. I mean, I was just talking like that all the time and I did not want my child's first words. Mm-hmm. to be dirty words. Mm-hmm. So that was a huge life changer for me. And I might let one slip out here and there, but my child will say, Hey, Hey, <laughs> you know what, what's coming out of your mouth, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so finding out I was pregnant with Truett again, we immediately started going to church. We started going to the cowboy church in Madisonville. Um, Darren and his sister got baptized there. That was huge for me. Yeah. Um, you know, I grew up around church. Like, I don't, we were never really members. I remember getting a plaque when I was a child because Sunday school, I went every day. And yeah. so I got the sticker on my day or on my name and I got the little plaque for it. Okay. Perfect uh, attendance kind of yes, thing. Yes, perfect yeah. attendance. Yeah. Um, so I wanted that for my child, you know. So my mom and I moved around. Um, constantly once I started high school, I went to five different high schools. I, you know, we moved around and that was for my mom's career. And I'm so very thankful now that I'm an adult, like I got to live there. Yeah. That I got to experience all those places. And now that I'm an adult though, there's no way my kid's going to go to different schools. We are here. We (laughs) go to Norzulch and that's where he's going to (laughs) go. Right. Um, but I feel that, if he wants to experience the things that I experienced to the, the states and, and places, that will be his decision. It's not going to be somebody else's decision for him. Right. So we were going to the Cowboy Church, and that's, I mean, that's where we put our feet in. We said we're going to raise our child in Christ. Um, we're not going to give him the same experiences we did. And I know that's probably not a lot of parents say that, but looking back on, on our own, lives we knew that that's what we didn't want to have him experience it was hard moving around it was mm. hard um I went to two different high schools when I was a senior so I mean and you're a senior nobody wants to add the new guy right, you know right. um 
so we started that and then we ended up going to um mcf we did that for a while and then and now we are members here and we've been members here most of truett's life Mm. so i ended up with um when truett was one and a half i ended up having a migraine a three-day migraine so i ended up going to a doctor and getting an mri and they thought i had metastasized cancer like i had it somewhere else and that it has gone to my brain Mm. and also that i might have multiple multiple sclerosis so the mri i actually had was at a cheap place because we had to pay cash Mm -hmm. um darren and i were not married i was not on his insurance so we ended up going there and I just immediately, that was right around Christmas. And that was a very traumatic Christmas for me. I, we bought a video camera, a camcord. I was not going to let my kid not know what mm-hmm. kind of relationship that we had before I was gone. So we ended up doing that. And I mean, that even that right there put my feet more my kid was gonna know that I where I was going Mm -hmm. that he was not gonna be worried about you know I was in with the devil or where I was at and I wanted him to think the rest of his life I'm gonna make sure I get to heaven so I get to see my mom again um anyway so one day we were at my my um grandpa's house we were doing um it was August the 9th on 2020 and we were out there and my brother had uh or my aunt had made us uh steaks and all of a sudden I just started sweating and I sat down and my brother started giggling and saying "Uh oh you got the meat sweats you know (laughs) because we had you know it was good stuff and then all of a sudden I couldn't get up like I kept trying to go to the car and they just started getting worried and finally my brother called 911 because I couldn't really talk anymore once I got in the house and got a recliner um I put my fingers over my eyes and they called 911 I went to um St. Joe's in college or yes in Bryan and I was there for three or four days and now this is during the pandemic Pandemic, yeah so they were like nobody can go so Darren actually went with me um when they were checking me in and all that. And then they pretty much told him, you know, Darren hadn't slept. So they, he went home and he was, my mom was like, Hey, are you going up there? And he was like, well, you can't really have visitors. My mom said, well, check me. And so she went up there. And the only thing I said really for three were, or for three days was, hi mom. And I couldn't talk for three days. Um, and just on the day they were thinking about putting me on a, in a nursing home, it's not really a nursing home. It's a rehab mm-hmm. facility. Yeah. They, um, I just woke up. I just could sit up. I could talk. Uh, they really wanted to keep me another day. And, you know, my mom and Darren were like, you know, let's just bring her home. And I lived at my grandparents' house for over a month. Um, I really didn't do no rehab or anything, but I was also, I had a stroke that day. And I had my first seizure. So that day I was diagnosed with those two things. Um, And then I went home and then Truett was starting school. So my mother-in-law was doing homeschool with him until I got home. And then he came and stayed with me and we did the, the, not the homeschool. Uh, You're still doing stuff through the school. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Through COVID, yeah. So then... 
I decided I didn't want to do that anymore. He needed to go to school. And when mm-hmm. school started, they said, don't think that you can't get those nine weeks. You're not going to just bring your kid to school. Yeah. And so I went up there and I said, please let, let me bring my kid to school. And they did. But that moment, I knew, I thought, am I going to be here for my kid to grow up? How do I want him to grow up? Hmm. How do I want him to know that he's going to see me one day? Uh, so that really started me back to, I need to make sure, and I don't want to say I'm really pounding my kid, God into my kid, to my kid, but I just, like I said, I need him to know where I'm going to go. Mm-hmm. Um, in January, I ended up having another seizure. Truett and I, and I were actually on the road driving, and I thought I was just having a panic attack. I got went to get gas at Sam's, and I couldn't even tell the guy how to use the pen pad for me. And that guy, bless his heart, should have called 911 that day. Uh, I could barely get back into my car. And then true, it was in the back seat. And I just, I said, come to the front. And I didn't say come to the front. I was just, Mm -hmm. so he came to the front and I was on the phone with Darren. Darren called my mom. uh, And, you know, true, it got in the front and they're saying, tell us what you see. And he was like, I don't see anything. And I mean, we're passing all kinds of things. Oh yeah. So that's really when Truett started sitting in the front, you know, and he might've been, he wasn't in a car seat anymore, but I needed him to know where we were at every moment, just in case that Mm. ever happened. So I was diagnosed with another uh, epileptic seizure. So now I am, uh, I do have epilepsy. I, I take medicine for that every day. So I won't have another one of those. Um, but after that, that I was a completely different person. I wanted to be nothing like I used to be. I am a joyful person. Um, of course I still get angry at things, but you know, we're human. We all do. Uh, but I'll be darned if I'm not going to be anything but joyful. I mean, I'm, I'm a pretty happy person. I'm that lady when I was a kid that dreaded that lady that came around church and shook everybody's hands and tried to <laughs> hug them. I have become her. And the new people who don't know me, I'm like, I just hope I don't run you off. But <laughs> yeah. hey, you're here. We're well, glad you're here. We're, we love you. So, okay, let's just, I mean, there's so many like moving parts here. Yes. I know we have so many different things happening. So we're talking about, and we could talk a lot more about your your past, you yes. know, your kind of your before Christ life, and even before Truett and before all of that. I mean, you have so it's much important. more. But it's important. Um, I, I want you because you know your joy. I've been here nine months, and I would say for me, I've only known one Jamie, right? Right. And it's yeah. the Jamie with joy, mm-hmm. the Jamie with yes, there's health issues and there's struggles and there's things, but. That doesn't steal my joy. That doesn't stop me from living every day to the fullest with, you know, Christ at the center of that. And and I just can't help but to think about that's exactly what happens when we meet Christ. When we meet Christ and we have a true life change. And I and I believe, I fully believe that God uses things in our lives as awakening moments, mm. such as a pregnancy for you. There's people that I know it's been a car wreck or it's been even the death of a loved one. There's moments like that, but where it's almost as if God is saying, are you listening? Are, are you are you watching? Are you aware of what I'm doing? And if not, if your life is going one way, 
I can use something to have an awakening moment. I, I know for me in college, there was a time I was kind of living away from the Lord and then a deer ran out in front of me and I hit that deer. And sure enough, that was a literal wake up call. I felt the Lord say, what are you doing, boy? You know, get your life right. And so, mm-hmm. but I think God uses those moments. And so you've got a, a pregnancy awakening with, Tr- with Truett. Um, you guys are like, we're making some changes right here, right now. Then you go into the health struggles and it, there again, hey, we're making some changes. We're going to really you know, make sure that that you know where I'm going and all that kind of thing. But but what does that look like on a daily basis? You know, because I think so many times it's that daily surrender. It's mm-hmm. that daily like I'm going to wake up today and choose joy over circumstance. Mm-hmm. You know, I just feel like. If you're not joyful, you're going to have a day like your attitude is that day. Mm. And let me tell you, I was not a joyful person. Like I, in my past, I was a grouch, you know, I had negative things to say, you know, and I just feel like now the life I live, I, I feel like people from my history are like, she's got to be faking it. (laughs) You know what I mean? Honestly, is she faking it? This is not the person I used to know. And I don't have a lot of those friendships anymore because I'm not her. Right. I'm not going to come to you and say, oh, goodness, you know, yada, yada, yada. You know, um, and let me tell you this. I had the worst mouth. And, you know, who wants your to walk around those voices that you give out are the voices that you have inside? And are those the voices that you want other people to catch you know what I mean that you want people to change their day because you had such negative ugly dirty things to say and that's not want to give out anymore I want I want to give you the joy if these ladies and men are sitting in our church if they're and they're they're coming there for the first or second time is that what I want to give them hey this one day this on Sunday, um, this lady, she don't know me. I don't know her. She came over here and hugged me. Mm-hmm. You know, yep. let me put a little smile on my face today. Yeah. Somebody cared enough about me to come hug me, yeah. you know? Right. And that's why I have such wonderful relationships with some of our ladies mm-hmm. because, you know what? If you ain't going to be hugged, get somebody to hug you today, you're going to get some joy out of me. That's right. <laughs> so That's right. And that's, I, I'm, and you never I'm, know when someone needs that. Right. Like maybe they're walking in and they had a hard morning or they've had a hard week. And it's just once again, coming back to that's why we need a family. Absolutely. Because mm-hmm. when I'm down, you pick me up or vice versa. And I know yes. we're going through this together and we can encourage. And, you know, that's part of the whole one another's we see in scriptures where we're, we're encouraging one another. We're spurring each other on. We're carrying each other's burdens. I mean, we're, there's all these opportunities within a family Absolutely. of a faith family, you know coming together and centering on that. Mm -hmm. I think sometimes like even Darren and I together, like we, our relationship changed even when I I started with these health issues, you know, I just, our relationship changed for the better. There's times that we're still mad at each other and mostly it's me mad at him. Bless his heart. (laughs) Um, He's pretty much a joyful person too. Yeah. And I just don't want to, I want it to be at home. I want you to come to my house and not see a different person. Right. It aggravates me to see somebody at church and then see you out in town 
and you are a completely different person, mm. or you act like you don't know me there, or if, you know I'm just going to come up and hug you <laughs> out in public, mm-hmm. and you're just like surprised. Yeah. Like I'm the same person here as mm-hmm. I was in there. That's you right. Know? And that's important, you know. And Darren and I have changed a lot that too, with we're I'm we're just more loving people to each other. Yeah. You know, even last night we're sitting in our little recliners, a little you know, love seat that has a little thing in the middle and we're holding hands. And Darren's like, you know, I just love this. Mm. And it reminds him a lot of his grandparents, you know, one could hardly see, one could hardly hear, but you know what? They (laughs) sat there and held their hands. One might be snoring and the other one can't hear it. Right. (laughs) You know what I mean? But they were doing it together and that's what we want. That's good. That's what we want. What a picture. That's what I want my kid to remember. Yeah mom and dad from you know and you know we're both older and darren says that you know i think i might go before him and he thinks well he's older than me but that's what we want our kids to remember and that's what we want our grandkids to say and that he says that about his grandparents like that's what our memories for his memories for his for our grandkids to remember well she couldn't hear and you know he couldn't see, but they were always sitting over there together holding their hands, mm-hmm. you know, and I want that to be the relationships they want to have when they grow up right. because that's what they grew up seeing. Leave that legacy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's sweet. Hearing about Jesus, you Amen. know, where it's always going to be about Jesus. That's right. You know, and a lot of times Darren and I will have a conversation and I'll throw that in there. Well, I mean, what do you think Jesus would think about that? And, Sometimes he's a little bit shocked, you know what I mean? But <laughs> reality, that's reality. Yeah. You know, I want him to be the forefront in everything that we do. Yeah. So I have um, something called Perry Romberg, and that's usually something that affects your face, like the front of your face. And, yes, it, it affects mine some, but if you've ever Googled it, you know, I'm blessed with this is the way my face looks. Mm-hmm. Um, but mine affects more my brain, which is not usual. Um, so that's been more of an issue with mine. Like I have some atrophy in the back of my left brain and they've been wanting to do a, a biopsy on my brain. And I, if that is definitely needed, then I will do that. But until, because it affects your speech memory, things like that. And I don't, I have a 10 year old, let me get my kid grown. Mm -hmm. And if that's something that has to be done, Mm. then, um, we can do that. That's a lumbar puncture that they want to do. Um, I'm actually going for another MRI. I just had an MRI a couple of weeks ago and I'm actually going for another one already on the 4th of August and which I'm a little bit worried about that because usually they don't do MRIs back to back like that unless they see something. So I've been praying about that. So y'all pray about that for me. Sure. Um, but I have that and then I have scleroderma, um, which affects the entire side of my left side of body. That's why I have a, um, a metal plate uh, in my eyelid because my eye quit blinking. Mm. Um, so the whole left side of my body is a little bit smaller than my right side and my muscular stuff has shrunk a little bit too. But the thing they're worried most about is the Perry Romberg syndrome. Um, it affected my brain. Cause like I said, it doesn't really, um, do that. But the, 
strokes, that's an issue. Mm -hmm. um, I'm too young for all of that. Mm -hmm. And then the seizures, you know, that's all, all crazy stuff to me, you know, but I keep the joy. Yeah. You have to keep the joy. That's and, right. you know, I also think because I'm older that I'm not trying to date or things like that, you know, that I don't worry about that. And, and I got a husband that loves me. He mm -hmm. don't care. He, he would still love me if my head fall off, fell off. You know <laughs> what I mean? Bless his heart. Um, so I think that's a blessing in itself, For sure. you know, and having the husband that I do and does he get on my nerves? I mean, yes, I get on his, but he loves me regardless. Um, the one thing I will say though, that Darren and I have both had an issue or not an issue with, but a problem with is really sitting down as husband and wife. So, and that's nothing wrong, you know, but I'm saying that's, that's an issue that we've had. And I'm, maybe I'm saying this out loud and it'll really ring louder in our ears that we should do that as a family, but that's not how we grew up either. Right. You know, so I'm, I would like to do things like that. We're trying to do things like that. So yeah. that's what he is going to use when he has children, Yeah, you know, so it's, it's very important. That's very. so good. I mean, you know, just thinking about changing the trajectory for your family and even how you were raised. Um, I know my dad has talked a lot about when he got saved at 12 years old, their family had a radical shift and, and just a shift though in the, in the family and, and they're like the change that that made in my dad as a 12 year old. And then that he then put in his family. And now I'm living that out through my kids and my family, but you have that opportunity to make those changes for your family. Like you guys didn't grow up with that, right? But you're trying to tell truth. Hey, listen, this is the foundation we want to help you lay, and we want to sh show you uh, the gospel importance here and the foundation of Christ first. You know, that's good. So I do want to say that um, growing up, you know, I had a dad that he made choices outside of our family. Um, you know, my mom and my dad got divorced when I think I was 12 years old. And that was um, him having outside relationships of his marriage. And so I think that was a lot of my issues with men as an adult not being the one that was chosen. Mm. And I think that was me wanting to be the chosen one, you know. And then when I wasn't, I was devastated you know, and I just, I had a lot of relationships that weren't ever planned to go anywhere, but could I make that person choose me? And I think that was a lot of my seeking. Mm -hmm. And, and I, this is nothing, nothing against my dad. Just, I think that began, that started me wanting that being chosen and I've always been chosen. Mm -hmm. I've always been chosen by God, right. oh, wow. by Jesus. Mm -hmm. And I started, I really started to understanding that, um, not even, you know, I was married before and that was, that started with me wanting to be chosen. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, this was not a, first of all, it was not a, a man seeking God for sure. You know, he had a had been in prison before um, I had even met him. Um, 
but I wanted to be wanted by somebody. Yeah. And I felt yeah. like he wanted me and he did want me for the wrong reasons. Mm-hmm. He just wanted, he was using me. Mm-hmm. Um, and he ended up leaving, you know, I was very thankful. And then he got arrested again because he had jumped parole, you know, out of North Carolina and, you know, he even call, uh, he even would call, try to call me and send me letters. Could he, I send him money and things like that. You know, are you crazy? <laughs> but that really started my downfall with men. Um, I'm telling you, like, all of these relationships with men was always me wanting to be chosen. Mm-hmm. Like, can you choose me? If, and all you really wanted is what I can give you, you know, behind closed doors. Let me say that. Mm. It was behind closed doors. And once they got what they wanted, then I wasn't needed anymore. Mm -hmm. So I wasn't chosen anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, and Mm. that's mostly been every relationship that I've had. Um, so I had another relationship with a man and I wanted, we were, you know, I am a former drug addict. Um, you know, for several years and five to seven years, I think. And this relationship I'm talking about now, one Easter, I went to Walmart and got us the cutest little outfits. We were going to go to church. My brother was going to a church in Willis. And I was so excited. Of course, I was high that day. And he had never planned to go. And he told me that morning that he wasn't going. And I went to church that day and I cried the entire time because God was listening or talking to me through that person that was preaching that day. And I don't, I don't know why I didn't listen that day, but I wanted to be chosen. And I think that day that God was telling me, you're already chosen. Mm. What are you looking for? What are you looking for? So good. Um, so, you know, a year later after that, him and I had gotten to a car accident Um, you know, he was at an adult bookstore, video store. And, you know, at that moment I was done. I'm over this. I'm not, dude, this is not who I am anymore. Mm. And we started leaving and he just, he, to this day, of course I was high that day on meth. And this is, and sometimes it's crazy for me to talk about me in the past because I'm not her anymore. And Mm -hmm. how could I be her? Mm -hmm. You know, so we ended up getting into a car accident and my leg was broken and he was trying to get me to walk away and just leave the car there. And, you know, that way, and I just kept telling him like, my leg is broken. Just leave me here if you need to go. But my leg is broken. I can't walk. It just, I need to call 911. And so I did call 911, and he hid on the other side of the fence line while the ambulance came. And while the ambulance got there, now I'm on the passenger side, and I'm not, I can't walk. And I'm not even on the driver's side, and they, you know, were just being angry with me at first. And actually at first they weren't really angry with me, but once I got to into the ambulance, um, and I'm so sorry family for y'all hearing this. So you never heard, but I was, um, shooting up meth and I had the thing, the red spots in my arms and 
once I got in the ambulance, like I just started when they gave me the IV, I was starting to have like a rash, just red bumps go up my arms. And I think it was the morphine they were giving me. And I immediately thought that they had seen my or the inside of my elbows. And so I just started, you know, cussing them out and, you know, things like that. And they're like, ho, 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 hold on, you know. And so I got to the hospital and they did a um, x-ray of my leg and my leg was broken and they called uh, the guy I was working for. I was, I had actually been working in there. We were doing, um, I can't remember, merchandising, I guess, for this company that was in Louisiana. And I mean, that was one of the worst things that ever happened to me because we were just banking. I ended up bringing this boyfriend that I shouldn't have even been with, the guy with the, the Easter outfit, you know. <laughs> Uh, I ended up bringing him over there with me like the week after. So we were making, we were banking, you know, both of us were getting these big fat checks and mm. we were just not doing the right things. It was one of the worst mistakes that, that I had ever made. So my, I called my brother, I called my mom on the side of the road when I was still on the side of the road and my mother called my brother and he lived in Willis and he immediately hit the road to come get me. Mm. Um, so this boyfriend he never came to check on me. Um, the guy I worked for, he was just amazing. He was like a brother there too. He, um, they got my, bro- they, my brother went over there to, to the house that they were staying at, just let him get a few minutes of rest and get my stuff and put me in the car and, um, to get me back home. My family took me to Flynn to my mom and I got straight, you know, of course I just, I didn't clean up because I had to, but I was honest. I'd finally tell my family, this is what I'm doing. Help me. I don't want to live this life anymore. My leg is broken. Um, my mom ended up taking me to a doctor and not only was my leg broken, but my ankle was stretched out, spread out. So I ended up having screws put into my leg and all of that. And I kept, we had the same phone line. I kept cutting his phone off, you know, like this isn't your phone. This is mine, you know? Anyway, um, so that was the beginning of my getting off of being a drug addict. And I'm not going to lie and say that I hadn't used meth until then, but I never put a needle back in my arm. That was, I just knew I would die. God put it in me, girl, don't do it. You know, this, this was your chance. I gave it to you. Don't do that. And of course I went back on that and I, I have you, I had used a few times after that, but I never did it to that extent. And I was never an addict again. Now, let me say this. You're always an addict. Hmm. So, but you're either going to let it pull you back or you're not. So Darren and I got together. So that was in 06 and Darren and I ended up getting together in 09. Like I was on my feet. My mom put me through cosmetology school. Um, That was her thing. I wanted to stay with her and she was getting transferred to Florida, to Tallahassee, Florida. And I was said, I'm not going. I'm definitely not going. And she said, please go with me. And if there's something that you want to do, I'll put you through school. And said, I want to do hair. And so she put me through hair, getting my hair license, my cosmetology license. And I actually kept mine in Florida for a while. But mm. then I had to come, when I come to Texas, I still had to do their state board oh, yeah. test. So I did that, and then, you know, she ended up getting transferred back to Texas, so I did that too, and I ended up getting a job in um, 
the woodlands. So my brother had a friend whose sister, they did the hair for the Texans cheerleaders. So they ended up getting me in there and I was an assistant manager there for three years. And then I worked in um, Huntsville for I'm probably a little bit less than a year. And that's when I ended up pregnant with Truett. But, you know, Darren and I, we had, you know, two years together before we got pregnant with Truett. And we just, I wanted him and he wanted me, but he wasn't ready to be really, you know, settled down again. And, you know, we were, he was older too. Like we were together um, in September on, in November, he had his 40th birthday. And, you know, he's like, eh, you know this is great, but I really want to be settled down again, you know? And then, but once we found out I was pregnant with Truett, he's like, this is it for him too. He was, he was done too. Like, this is the gift that we're both given. Yeah. So, so, um, but even before that, you know, I, Darren and I, um, we met together at that rodeo and his family was from North Sulch. Our first date, um, I was at my mom's in Flynn. My family is from Flynn, their their whole lives. Um, so he actually ended met me in Flynn with my mom there. Like it was raining that day, and I was trying to run out to his truck, and he's like, "Oh no, no, ma'am, I need to meet your mother," you know. <laughs> so and that started off our relationship. You know, him being from North Zulch. Me being from Flynn, my family being from Flynn, like, how does that happen? You uh-huh. know, I mean, that was God. That yeah. was God right there. And were we living our best lives? No. But he had a plan for us. Right. And are we going directly on his plan? No. You know, we veered off. But it was also our choice to either get back on his his line or his road, or is it to stay on our own? And what are you going to choose? Right. A lot of decisions that you make. Either God puts that in front of you or he doesn't. And, you know, you're going to choose the one that you want. That's what God gave us. And sometimes I'm like, God, why did you give us that, you know, that freedom to choose, (laughs) you know, because sometimes it's a hard choice. Yeah. You know, I didn't I didn't necessarily grow up in Christ. Now, I knew him. I knew I got baptized when I was 15 and we were living in um Kansas at that time. Now I've been rebaptized, but I do that because I'm the different, I was already the different person between all those times. And I feel like as an adult, I was choosing that choice differently than I did when I was 15. Another, yeah. a friend of mine at that time was getting baptized then. Um, More like a recommitment. Absolutely. Kind of a recommitment and my dad world. actually got baptized that day. We, oh, wow. we, we both got baptized that day. My dad had changed quite a bit too. You know, he had been married several times and he just decided that, you know, he was a, di- he's a different person, you know, since the, the dad I grew up with. Well, and it's just, you know, you're talking about you, you and your dad being baptized also, but, but being changed and being different, yeah. you know, and making a, a recommitment to follow Christ and, and you know, like you said, not a not a perfect path to follow. Right. But I can't help but to think about that as we are approaching uh, a baptism Sunday here mm-hmm. this coming Sunday. We're gonna we've got several lined up to be baptized. But I just we I think about the symbolism of that whole imagery of being made new. You know, and I always say there's nothing special about the baptismal waters. It's just regular old water. But but it's that public profession of your faith in Christ that. 
you can't meet him and stay the same. Right. Like you are changed. When you meet Jesus and you begin a relationship with him, you change. And if you don't change, if you haven't changed, and maybe you haven't truly began a relationship with him. Absolutely. Because, you know, as the scripture says, if you're in Christ, just like it says in 2 Corinthians 5, I mean, when you're in Christ, you are a new creation. That's right. The old is gone and the new is coming. So if you're in him, then you are new, you are different, and you ought to walk differently and reflect that. And so I just love hearing that about you and your dad both and thinking about this is who we were, but this is who we are now. Right. Because once again, as it says there, in Christ, mm-hmm. we're in Christ. And and that 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 public declaration is, is just a beautiful thing. And so it is such a joy. I, it is such a joy. And I'm sad that I'm thankful for this relationship while I have him now. But I'm sad that I didn't realize that you really are a new creation. And I just feel like I was too young. I really didn't realize what I was doing. Right. This time, oh, I knew exactly right. what I was, what I am doing, and how my life is. And like I said, I just, I think about that with Truett too. He was, he was very wanting to get baptized. And you know, me and the former pastor, you know, I went into his office uh, with him and Truett. Like, are you sure? Are you ready? And you know, I had conversations with him, and I think that was because of a lot of how I grew up and because I'm older and really, um, this is important for me. And I also remember that I live a different life than I did that. My child is, is growing up in a different lifestyle than I did. And so I'm, I'm better. I'm, I feel a lot better about him getting baptized as young as he did. Yeah. But like I said, I was I was just worried about that. Right. Like, is he just too young at fifteen? I was not ready. You know, it, it was I doing that just because my friend? Yeah. You know, and it was my dad was. I think he was the one that really brought up the him us getting baptized together. You know, and I that was a huge huge for me. Yeah. And we were actually both in that baptismal together. Oh wow. When he was baptized. That's so and, special. Yeah, and I got to put my hands on him as he was put under that water and it that is a memory. Oh yeah. That I will cherish. keep yep. absolutely. Yep. That was a huge step for him. He when I was younger, he would not go to church. Mm-hmm. You know, my mom was always saying, "Hey, you know, and and after probably the third time of him saying, "I'm not going." You know, I don't remember me seeing her ask him to go, you know. And so as an adult, or not as an adult, but growing up, I thought it's okay for men not to go to church with their wives because, I mean, I see a lot of people do that. They do, yeah. But when you have children, take your booty to work, I mean, to church, you know (laughs) what I mean? It's important for your kids. Yeah, yeah. It's very important. Well, and I, you know, and I, we've had that conversation in my house about the, the age, you know, just not, not really sure of, of our oldest daughter and where she's at in her salvation with Christ. And, you know, but I go back to the scriptures and I just think, you know, there's something about the faith of a child, mm-hmm. you know, there's, there's a, there's a, such an innocence there. And as we have this conversation the other day, you know, I don't know that we will, we will never understand in our finite minds, all that we can know about Christ. We try to think we have to have it all figured out before we can begin this relationship or start this. But it's like, Hey, you know what? There's an element of faith 
that you put it in Christ. And once again, it's in you're resting in the finished work that he's done for you. And if you believe that, then, then you know, it's time to begin the relationship and, and confess and believe and repent of your old life. But, but it's so good because just thinking about, once again, coming back to Truett, and now he's such a, an integral part of this whole story, your whole story, and God has used him as literally a, a godsend and a, kind of like a North Star for you to keep, you know, just to show you, God's shown you his goodness through your son, and now you guys are saying, we're going to raise our child so differently than we were raised. Um, it's It's got to be such a cool a cool feeling as a parent, for sure, to know that uh, where you came from is not what your son's experiencing. Absolutely. So that And that's one of the most important things to, to me, and Darren also. Yeah. You know, and... I'm I'm thankful, even though I was pretty much an adult when my mom, when we were in North Carolina, and my mom was like, no, let's, you know, we went, and we had a wonderful pastor there, and I'm telling you, we went to this little white church on in the mountains, and it's something you see in movies. Yeah. You know, we went up this road, this winding road on the side of this mountain, and you get up there, and I mean, if you can't feel God up there. I don't know where you can. I'm, and I cry. I cried and cried like every weekend that we went up there. And I was, I was very emotional. And I know that was me knowing that you're not doing the right thing. I hear this is me. I'm touching you on your shoulder. I'm here. Yeah. Let it go. And that was one of the turning points too, for me. And I just started wanting more of a relationship just because of that, just going to church, you know, and you don't have to go to church to know God or start a relationship with God. He's, he's here. I also feel like you need the, um, the church as your family. You need a family to be behind you of going to church. Um, and I'm always inviting people here. I, I absolutely love you, Pastor Matt, and I absolutely love this family here. Mm-hmm. I I would not be where I am today with the joy that I have. I, you know, I just, I wouldn't be, and I know that. And when we don't come to church, you know, if we have something going on or, you know, we have rodeos, we do mutton busting, you know, rodeos. If we have something on that Sunday, a lot of times at another church, and I'm, I'm not understanding, you know, why do you want to have something on a Sunday and take us away from our church? You know what I mean? <laughs> um but we still do it. But yeah. I mean, once you have you... to have the church. Yes. I mean, you, you know, a church, a, a Christian without a church family is essentially kind of like an orphan. I mean, you you have to have a spiritual family where you are connected to and you are supported and mm-hmm. loved by and you are encouraged by because man, we know that life will come at you fast. Yeah. Absolutely. And you have to have the support system around you, much less people just to do life with. Once again, that's going to be a core value that we really start to press into is that we were not intended to do life alone. Right. We have to have other people. Well, we need relationships. Truett brought us where we are, but he also brought us to this church. Um, I needed, I personally needed a church family and we started coming here and Tammy, bless her heart, was just open armed, come on. Mm -hmm. And that really changed our membership because like I said, we were members at, um, MCS, but even if we were just going to come here Wednesdays, you know, I told, and cause you know, we loved going on Sundays and we like, we love all the singing and all of that good stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, we were at least, he was at least going to go to church with his 
the kids in his community. Right. That to me was a huge thing too. And then I started helping with the kids and I actually have come on Wednesday nights when I needed time away from the kids because sometimes it's a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, so I started coming here on Wednesday nights too. And then, you know, I had the stroke and all of that. And so I needed to be, and I needed to be away from kids. I couldn't handle all the running around mm. and the loudness and stuff. So that's really when I, I sat in church on Wednesdays because my kid was coming to church on Wednesdays. Mm-hmm. You know, that's important to me. That's important. I like that the kids are sitting through service, mm-hmm. even though they're annoyed or they're <laughs> bored or, you know, whatever. You're, it's fine. You know, it, learn the songs. That's yeah. all I got to say. Yeah. It's just, I feel like, and I feel like that's such a sacred time that we have lost where the family gets to worship one hour a week together, you know, Absolutely. like it's, and that's the value of it for sure. So this is so much fun just hearing, hearing some of your story. And I know you've got, you've got a lot more that you could put in here, but I, I want to come back to the, and just, I guess, leave it with this, but this is the choosing of joy. Mm-hmm. Like you said a minute ago, God gives us free will. He gives us the choice. Yes. He doesn't make us robots. He doesn't, you know, call the shots. He he puts things in front of us and says, "You choose. You 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 choose. You have the free choice." Now, there's this whole debate over the sovereignty of God and the free will of man. That's a much larger, deeper thing. But essentially, we choose every day how we're going to respond. And Absolutely. so, I I just uh hearing you talking about some of these things and and still you wake up in the morning choosing I'm going to follow Jesus today. I'm going to have joy when I do it. It mm-hmm. doesn't mean it's perfect and there's not bumps in the road and there's not heartaches and struggles. Absolutely. But there's joy. Yeah. There's joy. Um, I just, I love that. I love that. So back to the first marriage, I'd like to get into a little bit more than that. Um, this man that I married, um, he's actually in prison now and I'm not going to say his name because I don't want anybody Googling. Um, we ended up, we ended up living in Flynn until he had a mental breakdown and he had to leave. And that was actually around the time that we had the Twin Towers. It was around that time. Oh, 9-11, yeah. Yeah, so that'll kind of give you an idea of when that was. Um, So he left. I ended up working at, I was working at the Exxon in Centerville. So we were actually still married when I met Darren. And Darren was actually hurt in a, um, actually at a rodeo. Um, One of the bulls cut through one of the fences. They weren't, you know, connected very good. And so he was shot up into the air six feet and came down on his left hip. And it actually broke his left hip and his left femur. Mm. Now, Darren had been in a car accident in 2006, and it actually broke his right femur so this is the second femur that he's he had gotten broke or that he had broke or had broken this was actually the second femur that he had broken Mm. so he was at home and actually at that time he hadn't been he wasn't working so we were trying to you know we were struggling at that time and actually we were still members of the cowboy church and and they were having um play days and i'm not really sure if it was play days but every every week that they got that money they donated they donated that money to our family mm. so that was a huge blessing huge 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 um and that was david hammett i don't know if i should say that 
So that was David Hammett was taking care of all those things. Um, so that actually got us through. And then Darren, since he was out of work, he was going to the workforce. And these ladies there in Madisonville sat down and said, you know, you can do any of these programs that you think that, you know, you would be interested in. Truck driving was one of the things. So Darren actually got into that and he went weekly, came home on the weekends, but it was a four week course. So he learned truck driving and all of that. And he ended up working at Best Materials in Iola there for a while. Then he ended up, one of the guys that we go to church with, or that we were, we used to go to church with, he actually, Darren actually works for him now. He was telling him, he works at Sanderson Farms, he was telling him that they had a position open there. And he had heard that Darren, you know, was a truck or a truck driver. He had a CDL. So Darren went to that job and or applied for that job and he got it. And he's, I want to say he's been there six years now. And that was the hugest opportunity that w- could have ever come to hmm. us. So after the accident um, that Darren got a second femur broken, uh, there was a lawsuit on that um, that company that did the rodeo which they are required to have that on that event just for that day. So he ended up, we ended up getting some money from that. And that was another huge blessing to us. You know, it gave us our home and things like that. So we, we don't, we didn't have to struggle anymore mm-hmm. because we struggled. I mean, you, you can't know that you don't struggle. Right. During, you know, your husband's out of work. You're still a stay at home mom. You know, what are you going to do? So that was a huge blessing for us, for him getting hurt. And I hate to say that, but that's not, I don't think, I don't think God was punishing us, but that happened and he saw that as a blessing. Like, this is what you're going to, you know, we made the best decisions with what we got. Beauty from ashes, like in the Bible. Yeah, Absolutely. there you go. I never thought of it that way. Answer, <laughs> thank you. Um, so, I was still married from the my first marriage, even though I think we were together for three months while we were married. And then I never changed my name or anything, so that was never an issue. Uh, and I never had the money to have that finalized. And you know, when Darren and I were just dating you know, why would he have offered, you know, (laughs) I don't think marriage really was in our cards, um, vocally, not might've been in my, back in my mind Mm -hmm. there for a while. Hmm. Um, but then once he got hurt and I had that lawsuit and we got that money, the lawyer that we had, who was David Hammock, bless his heart. He's been very awesome for my family. Mm. Um, the first thing he did was draw divorce papers and he said, y'all are getting married. Wow. Yes. So we got married, um, in July of that year in 2015. So we just got married. I mean, our anniversary was yesterday, which Mm. was the 18th. Congratulations. Thank you. So we've been married eight years now. So that was, you know, that was a huge thing for us was being married. And finally, you know, we could actually walk in. You know, knowing that we were doing the right thing, that that we had finally had the opportunity to make our marriage 
I don't want to say legal in the eyes of the Lord, but legal in the eyes of the Lord. Right. Yeah, Official. We yeah. Women out of out in sin mm. because even though we didn't necessarily feel it that way, that's what it was. Mm-hmm. We were we were living in sin, and we wanted to to finally put that behind our backs. Mm. So. Well, Jamie, thank you so much for the time you've spent with us today, sharing your story. Thank you for your your transparency in that. I know a lot of this is not always easy to talk about, but we sure do appreciate you talking about that and sharing with us. And I want to let you know, if you're in the area, man, we'd love to have you join us here at First Baptist North Zolch. Uh, We have so much happening, and we're just excited to see all that God is doing. We'd love for you to join us this weekend if you're in the area and you're able to come. I would love to have you join us at 11 a.m. for worship service. But Walter, why don't you go ahead and give us uh, the last take here and what we need to know as we wrap this episode up. And we want to thank you guys for listening uh, to Small Town Faith Talks. Uh, we've we've been watching to see, you know, the past few episodes have, have really got a lot of listens. And um, if you want to keep telling your friends about it, please do. We, we're on Apple Podcasts. Search for Small Town Faith Talks there. Uh, we're on our church website, fbcnz.org. Of course, on, on our Facebook feed as well. And uh, we want to hear from you guys. We want to hear questions you might have or, or suggested people that, that you want to hear from or, or even subjects that, that you want to hear about that, that we talk to them. And uh, just send us an email at fbcnzpodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening.